0: I've done extensive research into J.R.R. Tolkien because he's probably one of the most famous writers that nobody's ever heard of. J.R.R. Tolkien is the author of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And J.R.R. Tolkien's central idea was wanting to write an English myth. There was no mythology in the English country. There were Scottish myths, Welsh myths, Irish myths, but there were no English myths. And he was pretty disappointed by that so he wanted to create a mythology that was centrally English and so he did and he started with The Hobbit and The Hobbit was probably the most perfect work he could have written because the hobbit was the aesthetic that lord of the rings would further carry on which was the green against the black the natural against the mechanical the good against the evil and this was central to all of J.R.R. tolkien's work and this hobbit is a kid's story and as aristotle once said the foundation of any child's education has to be understanding the difference between what's beautiful and what's ugly if a child does not have that basic understanding as a kid they cannot grow up to be educated in any sensible way they can't be educated at all says Aristotle. Aristotle. Because the first thing you can understand is the difference between what is beautiful and what is ugly. And from that comes the aesthetic judgment, the understanding of what's good and what's evil. So J.R.R. Tolkien created The Hobbit, which is the first of his deep works. And his works are incredibly deep. But The Hobbit isn't so rich in thematic elements. I read the whole Hobbit, and The Hobbit is just the beginning. It is just the differentiating between the aesthetics. It is just the aesthetic knowledge that J.R.R. Tolkien had conveyed to a child so that way later on the child could separate within the lord of the rings the differences could understand philosophically the orcs and the elves and the men and the hobbits and the trolls and the goblins but in that central theme there is the beauty the green the good versus the evil the mechanical the ugly and from that aesthetic judgment comes the whole knowledge of the lord of the rings which is a metaphor about mechanical basically industry overcoming and succumbing what is natural the whole history of middle Earth. Earth. The whole mythology of middle earth is creating a world where nature is in harmony with our comforts. And this is really talked about in the Silmarillion. The first couple pages talks about how there's two different guys. There's Melkor who basically created the ways in which people can manipulate the earth, the bad ones. And this other guy created the good ones. And this other one was one of the Aenor. And Melkor was cast out of the Aenor. That's getting ahead of ourselves. But basically, J.R.R. Tolkien is trying to say we need to create a way in which we can shape our Environment that is conducive to the natural world, to creating and edifying beauty and making beauty, and this is the central English myth he wanted to hand over to future generations: was the ability to identify what is beautiful, what is green, what is natural, what is good from what is ugly, mechanical, and evil. I keep reiterating that because that is the central theme of J.R.R. Tolkien's work, and one of the reasons why he had this theme was because *The Hobbit* was actually begun in the trenches of World War One. J.R.R. Tolkien was fighting on the lines of the British ranks in World War I. He started writing The Hobbit. It also gave him post-traumatic stress disorder, which you can see in some of his essays. He's a little distracted. But this aesthetic is what creates the knowledge between good and evil. You have to first have this aesthetic knowledge, but then Jared Tolkien moves into the theoretical knowledge, the confrontations between good and evil in their philosophical realms, because the orcs represent evil, industry, power, which is what the ring represented. And to J.R.R. Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings is a metaphor about World War I, not World War II. A lot of people say it's World War II, but it's World War I. And the reason why is because Sauron, The Ring, Saruman, they represent the powers of World War I. The black overcoming the green. The evil overcoming what's good. Industry overtaking what is natural. Because one of the things that was chief on J.R.R. Tolkien's mind was industrialization. One of the things that he saw in his lifetime was the transfer Formation of shires into industrial strip mines and factories and taking what was once green and lush and beautiful and turning it into industrial wastelands basically. And it intruded on his daily life and he hated it and he even got more of it in World War One where he saw bombs and tear gas and mustard gas and people dying and bullets and tanks and planes and all sorts of things. And he saw these lush green landscapes be blown to pieces and splinters and turn into just Of no man's land, of black, tarry wastelands with dead bodies, and that's where these stories came from. And see, J.R.R. Tolkien was weaving in the stories the ring of power, the ring of industry, industrialism, the ring of the influence of industry on people and human beings. Before Nazi philosophy, this was even written before Nazi philosophy, just the seductive power of industrialism and the mechanical ways in which we shape our environment and in effect destroy it. This is what J.R. Tolkien is writing about. And then you have the elves and the hobbits and the men and the dwarves who in a sense shape creation and use the ways of creation to create harmonious technologies, harmonious magic with the world around them. And the magic is really the two forces butting heads. You have the green and beautiful magic that flows with the environment and creates strong and healthy ways of living that can be reproduced and recycled and be able to preserve the land. And you have industry, the black Tari, disgusting thing coming in and intruding on that. And my favorite work of J.R.R. Tolkien is The Silmarillion. I've only read maybe four chapters of it. But in this you start to get this sense of the English mythology. The sense that he's building this deities and stuff like that that aren't meant to be literally believed. They're just meant to be fantasy. And this is another one of J.R.R. Tolkien's big ideas is the secondary world or the secondary belief. The beliefs you have in fiction, not real, but the way you believe things in fictitious ways, the way you extrapolate data from fictitious worlds, and have a secondary world in which to draw real-life information from. And J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, or Ea, that's what Middle-earth is called, is a secondary world meant to draw forth this powerful metaphor about the intrusion of industry on the green. Or in the first story, in the Silmarillion, it's the nine Aenor are singing, and Melkor sings discordant notes and postmodern notes and modernists and modernists. Modern art and all this other stuff he weaves into the world and all this destruction and chaos and the other eight are trying to combat it with their singing and Iluvatar is over top of them overseeing it and then at the end of their song it creates the world the whole world gets created but then it's been corrupted by Melkor who is the most powerful of the Aenor and then seven of the Aenor become the Valar and then Melkor of course gets cast off and now is the conflict between the Valar who are basically the powers of nature and not just nature but also lamentation and heroic deeds against Melkor, the power of evil, which other Aenor represent all these good facets, like just good ways of being, be it mourning or the flowers blooming or even being able to shape your environment in a such a way that it doesn't damage the environment, and then there's Melkor just pure industrialism, pure waste, pure, just pure industry, and that's the battle, that's the wage, that's the war in Middle Earth, is between the forces of good the green, the beautiful, against the forces of evil, the mechanical, the evil, the black.